0: Man.
1: all right we're back like I said I told y'all last week we were gonna we were gonna do three shows it's NFL draft week the most important week of the offseason like I said obviously everybody's aware of what's going on in the world right now and like I said it's been it's been tough for a lot of people but we're here it's still we're still gonna have a draft we still have a lot to get get into like I said t- today is our first show we're going to do three shows today we're going to talk about what happened in the off season and then our draft preview Matt obviously will give us his mock draft like every year his annual mock draft what the Eagles will do and then we look back on the draft in unison next Sunday here so let's start off with what we know in the off season and we'll start off right off the bat here. Like I said, throughout the re- the second half of the regular season, you thought Brady was never going to leave New England. And all the experts said, trust me, they all said, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. And I and I actually agree with the experts. And guess what? We were right and you weren't. <laughs> now, and not only did Brady told told Craft and Belichick. I'm packing my bags and I'm out of here. He's in your neck of the woods, Tampa Bay. He's in. He's going to play. He's going to play. He's not even far from you. You could go see him if you want to. Yeah, man. So, what's your thoughts on that right away, man? Tom, Tom Brady, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Well, I thought you
0: know the whole time I thought that. um, Robert Kraft was going to sort of step in there and do what he needed needed to do to keep Brady on the team. Um, I I think Brady leaving was not necessarily Brady's choice. I think this is uh, this was uh, Belichick's decision for the most part. Um, You know, if you look, if you even if you look back at just right before free agency started, um, there were some reports that the Patriots offered Brady like a a really bad. Like deal, sort of like a one-year, twenty million dollar deal, like something insulting, you know. And that just tells me that Belichick wanted to move on, and um, Kraft just he, he played the owner role. He sat back and trusted his, his trusted his head coach and his basically his GM, head coach GM, to um, to run the team. And I think if this is I look at what the Patriots did this off season. I think they're going to be in some trouble, man. Um, this looks to me like a this looks to me like for, uh, Belichick. His ego is starting to get the best of him, man. Um, you look at these quarterbacks that they have on this team now, Jason Stidham. I mean, they're, they they got garbage at quarterback, and this is almost like Belichick is. To me, it almost seems like Belichick is angry or bit, sort of bitter that all these years people sort of say, oh, well, he couldn't win without Brady. So now he's going to prove everybody wrong and try to win with with absolute garbage instead of actually getting something. So um, I think this year they're going to be in some trouble. But um, we'll see if they can pull out a quarterback and out of the draft. But I don't know, man. I mean, they'd have to make a trade up, which we'll talk about all that. But yeah, I think the Patriots are in some trouble. But once um Brady hit free agency and people were start were talking about that he was probably gonna be going and I was you know, I was looking at the teams that were interested and to me I thought the Bucks were probably his best situation because he's actually he's got more talent around him now at the skill positions than he's had possibly ever, but at least in, in years. Um the last time he's had this much, any, anywhere close to this much talent was the Randy Moss era in New England. So, um, now he's, he's got some great receivers. Um, we'll see if they keep O.J. Howard. You know, he's supposedly on the trading block. I think, uh, I think it would be a bad move for them to trade him because obviously Brady's a guy that likes to use his tight ends and he might actually be able to turn Howard into a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. But we'll see what they do with that. But the big thing right now for that team, their offensive line, they need to improve upon, and they need to find a running back. If they can do both, this team can compete for the Super Bowl. They're one of, they could be one of the best teams in the NFC. And they draft high enough that they can get one of those top four offensive tackles in this draft, which is there's four great offensive tackles and um, they can find a running back in say the third round, but if they can improve that offensive line and keep Brady, um, keep Brady's jersey clean, and if they can get a running game going, they already have everything else that they need on offense. And their defense, while it wasn't while it wasn't great last year, it did improve a lot over the second half of the season. Um, they could use some help in the secondary yet, but they do have a really good defensive line, really good pass rush. Um, they they are a team to watch. If they have a good draft, they're gonna be they're gonna they I I think they might at least be in the NFC championship game
1: this year. Wow. Well, like I said, we all kinda go back a couple of years back to when Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to San Francisco. Obviously, you know, Belichick has an an ego and obviously he thinks he's a great guy he's he's one of the great core, he's one of the great head coaches and yeah his his numbers don't lie he is going to go to Canton he is going to be revered as one of the five greatest coaches ever maybe the maybe the greatest to coach in this league but a lot of it is on Tom Brady and what he and what he brought to the Patriots for the last two decades because before Brady Belichick was considered only an average coach because he never had that quarterback to lead him to to success. When he was in Cleveland, they were just the structure wasn't like it was in New England. And then obviously their owner, the late arm Dell, he decided to take it to Baltimore, and that was it. But he's always ride the coattails of Bill Parcells with the Giants when he won Super Bowls in the late '80s. And then obviously when you know when he went back after his Browns run with the Patriots in 96 and the Jets in for the rest of the decade. Obviously, if you look at Belichick's history, he only had seven seasons that Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback, and only one playoff appearance and two winning seasons without Tom Brady as his full-time starter. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, You know, like I said, he had another offer to go to the Chargers, but you were right about the Chargers, their O line is a mess, and he decided you know what, let me go to Tampa Bay, it's the best fit. And Tampa Bay is a team that last year, if James Winston didn't play like an ass, they probably could have been in the wild card situation. And going into this season, you know, you got you know, everything's right there, but it's gonna be a lot different for Tom than it was in New England. He's in a different division. He's in a different conference, and the NFC South is not—it's not an easy conference. You have to deal with a lot of high-powered offenses there compared to what he had to deal with in the in the AFC East. You know, you gotta deal with Atlanta. You have to deal with 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 New Orleans, who I still think is the favorites in that division. You know, go, you know, going against Matt Ryan and Drew Brees four times. this coming season is not going to be an easy, it's not going to be easy. He's going to be in shootouts. And, you know, I, you know, with now that we, that they've added, you know, your, your, the CBA, you were talking about, did get passed and we now add a seventh playoff team in both conferences. That makes it more interesting that they can be a pretty much one of the three wild cards. I still think new Orleans is the favorite in this division, I do think that Tampa Bay has a chance to win at least 10 games this year and that and 10 games should be good enough to get them to the postseason unlike in the past. So, like I said, I do like the I do like where Brady's at. He does have weapons. Mike Evans has been one of the elite receivers in this league since he came in here. Obviously they can fix the run game and like I said, O.J. Howard is a tight end that hasn't been utilized properly. But, you know, Brady had, had Gronk for many years. So he knows that if he can get something out of O.J. Howard, who's now on that level, but he's still a good enough tight end in this league to do something, then obviously everything else will work together. And Bruce Arians, like I said, what a what a charm life he has. He's worked with Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck and Carson Palmer and now Tom Brady. So... Like I said, he's got nothing but Hall of Famers around him over the years. So, like I said, I think it's going to work out, but it's not going to be like it used to be. And as far as the Patriots and and, and Belichick, they're not the favorites anymore. You're absolutely right. You got Jerick Stittum, or whatever his last name is, and Brian Hoyer, who's already a proven, a proven piece of... You know, he's not he's garbage. You know, New England, all they have is a good defense, but... They're looking at seven, eight victories, and I have both the Bills and potentially the Dolphins above them in the in the AFC East. Now they're the third best team at this point.
0: Yeah, well, I I don't have the Dolphins ahead. I think the Dolphins. I think their off season was not good. Um, you know, I think they overpaid for some players. I think they. Um, I think they brought in a lot of decent but not great players. They do have a lot of draft picks, but I don't think they're ready to overtake the Patriots yet, but yeah, the Bills, obviously, they they almost overtook the Patriots last year. Both games came down to the wire, and um, obviously, they're a lot better. This, the Bills are a lot better this year with the, with the offseason they've had so far, especially adding Stephon Diggs to a team that really was lacking at receiver, so... They're definitely the team to beat in the NFC or the AFC East right now. I, I still have the Patriots number two because they do still have a really good defense, and somehow I think they somehow they're going to have to find a quarterback in this draft. They may end up have, they may end up having to trade up in the top ten to get one of the one of those top four quarterbacks. But um, that's going to be the big question. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, you said um, things are going to be different for. Brady down here in Tampa, which is true, definitely. But things are also going to be a lot different for Tampa and Bruce Arians with Tom Brady in, at the helm. Um, Jameis Winston, he he was a turnover machine last year, but he was the type. Of, he, him, he was the type of quarterback, and Bruce Arians is the type of offensive coach that they like to move. They like to move the ball downfield. They like to throw it downfield a lot. Um, Brady is pretty much the exact opposite of Winston. He's an extremely intelligent quarterback. He rarely turns the ball over. But he's not the type of guy to just throw it down field constantly. You know, he's more of a methodical type of approach. So um, it's going to be different for him, for um, Bruce Arians. He's, a, he's one of the great offensive minds of, our, of the last, say, 20 years in the NFL. And I'm sure he's going to make adjustments to his system, take advantage of Brady's strength. But, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be a much different offense than we saw last year with with Winston at the helm.
1: Yeah, like I said, the problem, you know, you said last season that, you know, the Bruce Arians' offensive system does tag a quarterback to throw more picks. But Tom Brady is... You know, like I said, he's not one of those guys that, you know, he is one of the most intelligent quarterbacks, you're absolutely right, because he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He only threw eight last year compared to 30 by Winston. And, you know, Brady in his career has averaged about maybe seven and a half interceptions per year over his career. So, you know, that's one thing that's going to help Tampa this year because, like I said, last year they weren't that far off. You know they were not a bad team. They finished seven and nine, but you think about if a couple of those games, Winston carried the ball and did it did the right thing and not turned the ball over all the time, they could have won two or three of those games that they did that they ended up losing because of his because of his poor decision making, and they could be in a situation where Tom Brady would have to go elsewhere. But I just think that. You know, this whole relationship, it's going to be very interesting because now the balance of power may have changed in the NFL with Brady and Belichick divorcing, and unfortunately most of the storylines, hoping that we do have a season come September with with, what's going on in the world, but if we do have a season, if everything is, you know, back, it starts on time, obviously that's going to be the big story is Brady and Belichick apart now than together, and... We'll see what happens with both of those teams because they're going to be under a lot of scrutiny. Can Tampa Bay win, make a run, and can New England still be relevant without them, without Brady? So it's going to be it's going to be a fun season, definitely. Once we get back to going here, hopefully. But like I said,
0: yeah, man. Well, go ahead. Oh well, well, yeah, one other thing with the whole Brady Belichick thing. I mean, you know, I do think that it's a lot of a lot of this breakup is. Because of Belichick's ego, but um, you know, there, there's always been talk about is Belichick Belichick because of Brady, or is Brady Brady because of Belichick? And um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Howard Stern, so I do listen to that show, and um, and he did have Brady on. What was it the other week? And Brady was pretty Brady was pretty um, diplomatic with how he answered that type of question, but. At the same time, he did. He gave the exact right answer. With the, he told the truth about who, who, who is who because of who. The, the fact of the matter is, Belichick wouldn't be Belichick without Brady all these years, and Brady wouldn't be Brady without Belichick. You know, I mean, they—they're both it's, it's the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest head coach of all time. But um, yeah, they just neither of them would have had as much success without the other guy. And really I think uh I really I think if Belichick maybe recognized that and sort of put his ego aside, then maybe Brady would have been back with New England for another year.
1: You know, the one disappointing thing and we'll finish this off with this, is that Tom Brady has had it has had it really he has it better than probably any cor- any player in the history of this league. Twenty seasons in one place, with one head coach. If he re- walked away last month and, not re- and retired, he would have his dignity saved. But, obviously, every great quarterback in the history of this league has obviously not stayed on one team unless they're Dan Marino and John Elway. And if Dan Marino retired after the 1995 season, he played four more seasons, you know, Don Shula retired, and he would have been in that scenario. But to me, it is something that this is kind of a little bit of a risk for for Brady because he's been so used to one system and one coach and all this success, and now he's going into a new environment with everything not being the way it is. I mean, they could make it, you know, adjusting, you know, for him but it's going to be difficult. This is not kind of like it's not like when Bra- when T- when Peyton Manning went from Indianapolis to Denver several years ago. I just think that in this situ- in this scenario, in this situation, it's a different conference and it's a different environment. And you know, he's not going to be the favorite and and you can even though you might not agree with me, he's not going to be the favorite in that division. I'm sorry. I think still New Orleans is a better team. So all all the scenarios and situations tell you that he's going to have it, it's going to be it's going to be an adjusting period but knowing Brady and his experience and that's good 20 years of experience will help them in the long run throughout the 2020 season so i do believe that it's it will work out long term but not short term
0: well yeah i mean the saints are are obviously the favorites right now they're the best team overall The um, if the Bucks can fill fill out a few holes on their offense, they can they can be right there with the Saints, and um, and really the way things are in Tampa, you know this team has been a joke ever since they won the Super Bowl. You know that was the last good year this team had. They've they've been they've been pathetic ever since. So Brady doesn't have to come in here and even necessarily win a Super Bowl. All he has to do is make the playoffs and maybe win a game. You know if he gets the NFC Championship game. He's already proven more just by doing that with this franchise than, um, than he needs to prove, really. You know, the guy, it's just the fact is, camp is a joke. And if Brady just comes right in here and takes over and leads them to the playoffs, which is something that Jameis Winston couldn't do, um, right there, it's a win for him. And, Everybody knows the guy's getting older. He's not—he's not the same player that he was years a few years ago. But again, when, if you have a forty-some-year-old quarterback that's leading you into the playoffs and possibly second, third round, um, that's—that's a—that's a lot for a guy that old. So, right there, that just—that just shows that he could win without Belichick.
1: Yeah. But when you think about it, like I said, I mean... Almost, what the hell am I forgetting I'm about this? Forget, you know? But, oh yeah, now I remember. The, you have to believe the balance of power. The NFC is the more superior conference in the AFC. And now, with Brady in it, with Drew Brees, with Aaron Rodgers, with Carson Wentz, with Matt Ryan... I mean, the the list goes on of the quarterbacks in this quarterback-rich conference that we have become. And like I said... It's obvious that now the balance, the star power is in the NFC. All, you know, the AFC, you know, they still got, you know, you still got, you know, your Watsons and your, and and Mahomes and and Jackson, those guys. But the NFC got too much star power now, and it and it just got much more ex- bigger exposure with with iconic Brady now there. So, but like I said, let's look around the rest. You know, obviously we didn't start with the Eagles. And, you know, obviously the big story in their offseason is why didn't, they dra- why didn't they sign a wide receiver? They didn't even look for them, you know. And there's been wide receivers that have been on the move over the last several weeks. But what what's your take on the Eagles offseason up to this point?
0: Well, I was really happy with overall with the Eagles offseason. Um, I like that they took pretty much all their free agency money and, and dumped it in the defense. And really improve that defense. That was a major weak spot. They had, they they didn't have a lot of talent on that defense outside of the of the front four. And um, the fact is, Darius Slay is is an elite cornerback in the NFL. Um, you know, last year he didn't have his best season by far. Um, his Pro Football Focus grade was a fifty six point four, which is just mediocre. But he was playing with a lot of. Um, he did have a number of um, little nagging injuries that sort of kept his play down. Um, the Lions' defense and their front four, especially, were horrible. So he really didn't have much help with the pass rush. This, this back with, here with the Eagles, he's he's going to have a pass rush that's for sure. But you know, you look at his um, his numbers. The guy's been an elite cornerback for almost all his career. You know, since 2014, he's, according to Pro Football Focus, he's the fifth most valuable cornerback, and he's recorded uh, the third most incompletions thrown his way. So, the guy's been a, the type of, he's, he's been the type of cornerback that shadows everybody's number one receiver, and more often than not, he comes away shutting them down. So that's a huge get for the Eagles. Um, Javon Hargrave was a great signing. Um, you know, last year, when the Eagles brought in Malik Jackson and brought back Timmy Jernigan, we all thought that this front four, especially from the defensive tackle position, was just going to dominate the line of scrimmage. But Timmy Jernigan was injured early in the season. Um, Fletcher Cox was injured to start the season. Um, what was the week? One, yeah, it was week one. Malik Jackson went down for the year, and um, and really we never got to see the full potential of that of that rotation. But with Javon Hargrave, he's an upgrade over um, Jernigan. This guy, he doesn't get the credit that you would you would normally give a defensive tackle with his type of pass rushing ability because he's played in a system that really didn't take advantage of that. They mainly asked him to. Um, Take up, eat up space, but he did finish um, as the number three defensive tackle in terms of his pass rush grade according to Pro Football Focus last year. So when he does, did get the opportunity to go after the quarterback, he was um, he was at the top. He was at the top of the league. So I see that rotation of him, Cox, Malik Jackson. Hope if he, assuming he's back healthy. Um, um, Ridgeway is coming back. you yeah, know I see a great rotation there, and they're gonna they're gonna wreak some havoc. Um, the big question, the, well, the two big questions that everybody has with the Eagles off season is one, the fact that they didn't sign a receiver, um, and me, yeah, I was disappointed in that as well. I was a guy that was talking about Rashad Perriman as a guy that I would like to see them bring in, and then when. Then when I saw the contract that he got, which is basically a one-year, $6 million deal that could become $8 million based upon incentives, I mean, I thought that was a real bargain. And I thought the eagles dropped the ball on that one. But, like I also told you back at the end of the season last this year, um, this is a potentially historic wide receiver draft. So, you know, I do see the... I do see the um, I do see what Howie Roseman is doing by sinking all his money into the defense, and then you can come out in this draft, get drafting two, maybe even three receivers, and really getting some young, cheap, star talent at that position. So I get that. We'll see what they do in the draft, and then the other thing that was a a bit cool, that was questionable was obviously letting. Malcolm Jenkins, go.
1: Yeah, I didn't like so, that either. I didn't like that either.
0: Yeah, I mean, he wanted the the contract that the Saints gave him. I don't know that I would have given him because I'm not look, I, I'm not looking to keep him on the team for more than another year or two. Thanks. Um, I mean, he, the fact is that he's getting old. His play is going to drop off big time. Anytime starting this year or within the next couple of years. Um, so, you know. I, I I get that they didn't bring him back, and I do. I, I have been saying ever since they drafted him that Jalen Mills should be playing safety, and that he would actually be a really good safety in this league. So, you know, they, they they brought him back. They're moving him to safety. I think he's he's not going to be as good as Malcolm Jenkins, especially right off the bat. But he is a guy. I think he is going to be a good player in that in that sort of role, and he could actually play. Um, He could actually play in the Rodney McLeod role too if he needed to. So he's a, he's a versatile player. And, um, I think he's good. I think he'll be good in that position. So I'm not worried about that. And when I look at what the Eagles did bring in in that secondary versus what they lost, I'd much rather have, um, if it meant losing Malcolm Jenkins, um, I'd much rather have, um, Jalen Mills. Darius Slay, Nickel Roby Coleman in the slot, which is was a real under the radar, but another great that, move.
1: That's a great, yeah. That was a real. I was I was clapping when they got to him. When they got him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you look at that secondary;
0: that, that it's majorly improved over last year. And there is a question mark about who's going to be the number two corner. But you know, I always say when you have young guys that you use traffic on. At some point, you've got to give them a chance to shine. And this is Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones. This is their chance to prove that they can play in this league. Um, Rasul Douglas is another guy that I said would be better at safety, but I did like him as a player overall. But supposedly he's on the trading block, so as of right now, I'm going to assume they're going to trade him on draft day. But even so, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, I think one of those two can come out as a solid, not superstar even, but just solid number two cornerback. And if they fill out that role, this is a top five defense.
1: Well, like I said, I, I I am very pleased with what the Eagles did. You know, with how he did with the with the defense, it is much improved. I mean, I'm I'm sad that Malcolm is gone because he was, he was even though he wasn't Brian Dawkins but he was a reliable safety from you know from the day he was he, he joined the organization to the day he left he never missed a game he was very reliable he was a leader in that locker room and that's the only thing i'm going to miss is his leadership you know you know obviously if you're Fletcher Cox or if you're Brandon Graham that's now your role you're basically the veterans on this defense so you better and they and both of them have been there longer than Jenkins so obviously that's the goal with Darius Slay, I'm very happy that he's here, you know, but he left Detroit on not the best terms, and unfortunately, there was an embarrassing thing. I'm not going to really mention what what he said, but obviously, the problem is Matt Patricia is now a leader of men. He's a terrible. He's not. He's not anywhere close to Belichick or any great guy, and Detroit, and you can tell in Detroit, his record in two years in 32 games is nine twenty two and one. You're not when you're not you're not going to succeed in this league if you know, if you're gonna have a losing record and if you're not gonna elevate your team. And he ha- and when Matt Stafford went down with the injury last year, Detroit did not you know, they basically quit. They basically that was it. And and we know Darius Slade is one of the elite corners in this league. He's underrated. You know, you don't look at him the way you look at some of the other top corners in the game, like a like a Patrick Pearson or you know, or Richard Sherman, or someone like that. But he's done very well in the in the environment that he was in. Because Detroit has never been a great environment, and now he's and now he's here in here with the Eagles, and and like I said, he's going to have a hell of a run if he stays healthy. And that's obviously number one, and that's been their problem is staying healthy. If they stay healthy and everything's right, the Eagles will be a threat. Will be once again a threat like they were in 2017, to be to be representing in Tampa Bay. That's where the Super Bowl will be this year. So, more incentives. So, like I said, we'll see what happens in in a couple of days. Obviously, they're putting all their eggs in a basket for the wide receivers. Obviously, we'll talk about that on Wednesday in our preview. But, like I said, I, I, I give the Eagles a, a passing grade as well with what they did in the offseason.
0: Yeah. Well, Pat- Patricia, man, like you said, he's not a, he's not a real, a good head coach. Um, he's, he's come into, on the into that team and he thinks he's Brady. He acts, or yeah, Brady. He thinks he's Belichick. He acts like Belichick, but he doesn't have the, the cred that Belichick has. So you can't get away with the way he acts towards his players when you don't have that respect that they, that a, a coach like Belichick has. So. You know I think he's he's on his way out, whether it's this year or next year you know he's he's not going to last a whole lot longer there, just like um, well we'll talk about them probably soon, but just like Houston with Bill O'Brien he's another guy that whose ego is out of control and um, and another another former Bel- Belichick coach um, he's got that attitude, but he hasn't proven himself yet so you know, you, you gotta you gotta check your ego when you're new and when you're unproven. You know, there's a, there's a way to handle people and there's a way not. So he they, he hasn't handled his team properly, as far as I'm concerned. But um, in terms of Malcolm Jenkins' leadership, yeah, that's that's a big that's going to be a big loss. I think that's going to be a bigger loss than his actual play on the field, which was still really good. But again, he's getting older and a bit slower and and everything, but. I think that leadership's going to be a loss, but at the same time, uh, Jalen Mills is a, is a leader on that team, and um, it's no coincidence that Jalen Mills was injured early in the year. He missed a bunch of games early in the year. It's no coincidence that when he came back, that secondary actually solidified and got pretty decent. So, um yeah, I think he's gonna step into the Jenkins role. I think he's gonna to try to step into the leadership role in that team as well. And if so, he's gonna get paid really well after this year. He's only on a one year deal. And um and yeah, I think he's I don't think he's gonna be a pro bowler, but I think he's gonna be a good safety in this league and he's gonna be a a real leader on that defense.
1: Think about it, he's a hidden gem. He was a seventh round pick, so you know, he was a seventh round pick, so He's a hit gem when you think about what
0: because of, um he was a seventh round pick because he had some issues off the field. You know, in reality, if he didn't have his off the field issues, he probably would have gone like third, fourth round, probably more like third. So, you know, he was more talented than he was than the position he was drafted, but there were question marks about him. But since he's come into this league, he's been nothing but a, a team player.
1: Yeah. So like I said, I'm I'm happy with what the Eagles did defensively, and we'll see what happens come later this week. Obviously, we'll we'll have a lot more to talk about when the draft when we get there on Wednesday. But speaking of Belichick guys and and their failures, we mentioned Houston and Bill O'Brien, and to me, it's almost like they gave him an ultimatum: do well, or else. I think they obviously want Houston obviously wants to go all in on a Super Bowl run. But they didn't send a very proper, proper popular message to the Houston to the Houston fan base when they decided to just out of nowhere trade DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson. Now, they made up a little bit in bringing in Brandon Cooks a few weeks ago, but DeAndre Hopkins is a top five wide receiver in this league. You and I can agree on that. He he's got the best hands in football. He doesn't miss anything. On on a bad team or on a good team, he's still the he, he you know he's still the most reliable, one of the most reliable receivers in the league. And now he's going to your Arizona, where he's got Larry Fitzgerald, and they're similar receivers, and that's going to help out that team dramatically offensively this season. But obviously, Houston's now in a very critical position because a lot of people are upset, and Deshaun Watson allegedly was very upset when he heard about what happened. So, obviously, in short term, what, what do you think? What's going? What you? What's? What you think's going on with that team?
0: Well, he, he basically gave Hopkins away. Um, like you said, he brought in David Johnson, who was a way o- overpaid. Um, and is basically at the end of his, at the end of the line at, at, in his career. Um, the guy got benched last year. He was horrible. It's David Johnson, I'm talking about. So, you know, he just doesn't look like he has anything left in the tank. And they did pick up a second round pick for, for Hopkins, which is way less than what he's worth. But then at the same time, like you said, they did, they did bring in Brandon Cooks. But they gave up a second-round pick for Cooks. So, I mean, really, what did they get? They got David Johnson and Brandon Cooks for Hopkins, and, and what? They got a mid-round pick as well. So they really didn't get much. It's a major downgrade. Um, Brandon Cooks is a guy that's had some, a bunch of injury issues over the last few years. He's had a bunch of concussions. Um, he's a guy that early in his career he was very um, productive, but he's, he's, he's having way too many injury issues. And, you know, one more concussion, that could end his season. So, yeah, you're taking a major chance. They, they, they also brought in Randall Cobb, which is something, I guess. But, but we'll see. Um, supposedly, they're also looking to trade Kenny Stills, who is another guy. They have a lot of similar type of receivers who are mainly just, like, guys with a lot of speed. Um. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what he's thinking. It was a bad trade. I know when that trade went down, there were a lot of Eagles fans that were pissed that the Eagles didn't make that trade. But, you know, the Eagles aren't in the same situation as Arizona cap-wise either. Um, this year the Eagles do have cap space, but if you look at next year after the moves that they've made already, the Eagles are way over the cap next year. So, um you know they're not. They can't afford to bring. They couldn't afford to bring in DeAndre Hopkins and sign him to an extension that he's going to want. Um, so yeah, they couldn't do it. But Arizona could. They got a. They got a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. They have a lot of cap space, and they stole him from Houston. Bill O'Brien's a joke as of right now. The guys made the playoffs a bunch of times, but every year in the playoffs they disappoint. Even last year when they beat the Bills, that was a lucky win. Um,
1: the, <laughs> it, it really was. They, they had no business winning that game. Yeah, I remember watching it. I remember watching it. Yeah, the Bills messed up big time. They That was a the game they should have won easily, and they messed up.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, th- that this team is disappointed year in and year out in the playoffs, and that game was a disappointment the following week against the Chiefs.
1: That was yeah, a, that was Jordan beyond. Just gave it up. That was an idiot. That was idiocy. You're you're up by twenty and you lose by twenty. How does that happen in football? That doesn't happen in football. You don't do that in football. Yeah, no. Who how, who does that shit? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Houston. Yeah, Houston. It, you know they they're getting they're getting bullcrap because of what Bill O'Brien is doing, and now you're telling him that he's running this team. It's never like I said. We all can't. They can't be like Belichick. You can't be a pl- you can't be a player, a man, coach slash DM. It doesn't always work. Look at Chip Kelly here. It was disastrous, and I think it, it is yeah. disastrous there too. So, to me, the ultimatum is there for Bill O'Brien by by the people in Houston that you either take this team to at least the AFC Championship game, or you're going to be shown the door and. To me, Bill Bill Bryant should be shown the door last year. But, like I said, you know they they know something we don't. And like I said, I mean, good. You know, it's good that D D Hop has gone to a to a better to a better environment, maybe for him. You know, to succeed. Well, he's he's already a very good receiver. We already know that. But like I said, Brandon Cooks, this is his fourth NFL team in the last five years. There's a reason why, and unfortunately, while his talent is still there, there's a reason why he's on so many different teams. It's because of your injury history and some other situations. So, and David Johnson is yeah. done anyway. And David Johnson was done anyway. I mean, when he broke his wrist the first game of, I think, 2017, I think it was, he hasn't been the same player ever since. He has not been the same ever since. And. You know, it's it, That was a waste. That was an absolute waste.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it was an embarrassment, and um, I think uh, I think this is it for O'Brien, man. If if this team doesn't make a run in the playoffs and not just win a, a game in the wild card, they they got to make it to the NFC Championship game. If he doesn't, if he doesn't make it there, I think this is it for him. Um, you know, you mentioned how Chip Kelly. Was a disaster once he took control of the team, and yeah, it is the same. It is very similar. Um, the guys, O'Brien, Phil O'Brien's ego is out of control. Um, I don't know how he was able to convince that owner to give him this much power. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the owner's thinking. But there's gonna. If, if when this team fails again next year, which I don't even know if they're even gonna make the playoffs next year. Um, with the with the Colts bringing in Phillip Rivers, they actually have a real quarterback. I think they might win
1: that division. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and Tennessee, and remember Tennessee was on the doorstep of of Miami last year. They were on the doorstep of being in in the Super Bowl last year. So they're that they, that's that's two teams that they're going to have to fight fight over throughout the season. Yeah,
0: exactly. So Houston's going to have a tough time. They're going to be I mean, they'll be in the hunt for the wild card, especially with a, a, a third wild card team now. But you know, they might be able to sneak in, lose in the first round, and be done. But I don't see them making a big, um, a, a big run in the playoffs unless unless um, unless Deshaun Watson goes berserk, which he could. The guy is a clutch quarterback normally, and he's a guy that comes up big in big games usually. So. He could carry that team and save Bill O'Brien's job, but I think if this team goes one and done in the playoffs again, that's it for O'Brien. I think this is, I think that fan base, if they have, you know, they're not, it's not the same in Houston as it is in Philly, where they'll they'll revolt. But they're obviously angry with what's gone down this offseason, and if this team fails again, they're gonna they're gonna have to force that owner to get rid of Bill O'Brien.
1: There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah, because Houston they they pride football down there. You know they don't have a lot going on out, and they've had they've had really tough, you know, before before all this trouble with you know with the virus and everything. Baseball, their baseball team, obviously, there does a lot of crap going on down there too. So there's a lot of angry Houston sports fans anyway. So to begin with, with their baseball team, and now with their with their football team as well. So. Yeah, it's it's a mess down there and it's not going to get any better unless unless Deshaun Watson becomes an MVP player. And he could, but now he doesn't have a reliable weapon anymore, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. So but let's look around other situations. What? Uh, what? yeah, we'll see what they do in the draft too, 'cause Yeah. Um again, maybe they, they maybe they
0: bring in another receiver that um that can be their number one, but as it, as it looks right now, I don't have a whole lot of hope for Houston. Yeah.
1: All right, let's look around other situations. Obviously our, our, our good old pal Nick Foles, you are absolutely right about Jacksonville trading him. Obviously he was gonna you know, releasing him would be would be foolish with the contract that they gave him. Now Chicago took the deal. Obviously they're sick and tired of of um What's his name? Damn. A Mitch Trubisky. And they decide to bring Nick Foles into Chicago. And I'll start first before you get your opinions on that. Because I I really don't think it's going to work out for Nick Foles. I just think that something about Philly makes him do better than anywhere else. And Chicago is is probably better off tra- drafting a quarterback in this draft. And and let Nick Foles go come preseason if he can't play because just is something mentally about Nick Foles that works here in in Philadelphia that work that doesn't work in any other city and I I know that they they're getting sick and tired of Mitch Trubisky and why they would draft him and stuff but they don't going to have to pay him the big money they didn't have to pick up his option and they can let him go after they can actually let him go after this season if if he doesn't work out because. They want to see him succeed, but they realize that with Deshaun Watson and uh, and Patrick Mahomes in the same draft and what they've done for their organizations, obviously that's what they thought Chicago was going to have with Trubisky and it didn't work out. So bringing in Foles is kind of like a decoy to, to making Trubisky, maybe he'll, he'll succeed. But if it doesn't work and they go to Foles and they still struggle and lose games... Then they're, they're they're fooling themselves, and they push their franchise back another four or five years until they draft an actual quarterback with skill with a skill level. So, your thoughts?
0: Well, this team is. They had their chance uh, two years ago, and Nick Foles ended their season. And last year, they were they, they, they obviously they weren't as good as, as two years ago. This year, like I was saying. Back in the, when we were previewing the off season, this is a, again, they had almost, they had very little cap room. So they really didn't have much space to go out and sign free agents again, just like they, just like last year. They, they almost sort of, um, they went for it all two years ago and they lost. And now they're paying the price. Um, they lost a number of their own free agents, especially on defense. They lost, um, Prince of Mukamura. Nick Kwiatkowski, um, um, Leonard Floyd, haha, uh-huh, Clinton Dix. I mean, they lost some players from that defense and it's, they're, they're not, that defense is not going to be an elite defense anymore. They're, they're lucky, they'll be lucky to be top 10. I don't even know if they'll be top 10 at this point. And that offense is not very good with Foles, with Judit, it doesn't matter. That offense is not going to be good. And, um, and yeah, this team is not making the playoffs. I'd be surprised if they win if they win eight games.
1: Yeah, I just think like I said, I just think that you know, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bears are basically a similar they, they are a similar trait. The in twenty seventeen, Jacksonville had a hell of a defense, they had everything right, and they were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl and then they screwed themselves over with decision makings. And the same thing with the Bears in 2018. They had a Super Bowl caliber defense. They lost in the first round in a tough battle with, ironically, Nick Foles and the Eagles. And then the next year they took a step back. And th- and this year I think they could take an even bigger step back, just like Jacksonville. Just like Jacksonville. And and now you're sc- you're screwed at the quarterback position unless you decide to tr- draft one in this draft. And I wouldn't draft one early. Because you're going to send an even more of a mixed message to your fan base. But then again, the Bears have never had a franchise quarterback either over the years. And when they drafted Trubisky, they kind of they kind of were fooling themselves because they got they got you know they got screwed over the fact that you had to trade away at least six hundred six draft picks to get to move up one spot, which they did. So now they're a franchise that that's just you know they're just spinning their wheels. And if they think they're going to be a contending team with with Green Bay and Minnesota, then they're fooling themselves with what they what they're doing bringing in Nick Foles. Like I said, I I hope that Nick Foles can do well, but I just think that you know there's a reason why he worked in Phil- here in Philly than anywhere else because everything was set up properly for him. Nobody nowhere else, Jacksonville, the Rams. You know, anywhere else, he just cannot succeed. It's just not—it's not worth the time because he can't play the full season, and it's just not—it's just not worth it. You know, and if you're telling me this, you're bringing him in to motivate Mr. Trubisky, that's not going to work either. So, I think the Bears, like you're—you're you're absolutely right. I think the Bears are in trouble. Yeah, well, um,
0: that's one thing where I think a lot of Philly fans. Um, they don't appreciate what they have with their GMs, with Howie, and even going back to um, Joe Banner. You know, being able to field a competitive team year in and year out and still stay under the cap and still have flexibility to um, make moves, you know, that that's not something that every team has. And you look at, like you said, the Jaguars, the Bears, um, the Vikings this year. The Rams. I mean, these teams—they—they spent everything to try to win one season, and then when it failed, now um, now they're—now they're—they're in really bad shape. So, um, yeah, that's one thing that you gotta. Even if you don't like Howie, it's one thing that you gotta look at and say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe he has his weaknesses." But this is a team that consistently makes the playoffs. This is a team that can. That is in the hunt every year, and what, what, would you rather have a team that has one really good year and and doesn't win the Super Bowl, or a team that has a bunch of really good years and maybe wins the Super Bowl once in a while, but at least has a chance year in and year out? I'd rather have, I'd rather have a ten year span where we're in the playoffs and competing seven top seven years out of those ten than having um, maybe two years where we have a shot. You know?
1: Yeah. It just, it just to me, it, it to me, it just you know, a lot of these teams they 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 play monopoly, and they they lose and, like I said, the Bears are that team and you know you mentioned the Vikings they let go of Stefan Diggs and they let him Griffin go and that was not and that was a controversial leave leave as well, I mean, a lot of these teams they're you know. We'll see what happens. Like I said, the draft comes and they can fix some of their problems. But, you know, free agency can can also tell you where your teams are at anyway as well. Now, one more thing. Like I said, we don't have to go through all the teams. More importantly, we'll look at more of, of what the draft will be like on the Wednesday program. But, like I said, the, yeah. situation, the situation with Dak Prescott. I mean, even though this is more of a Wednesday discussion because of the draft. Do you think the Cowboys made a mistake not paying him right now, or, or do or or do you think that if they keep playing games with him, they're going to pay the price come come August when he decides to hold hold out? Well, uh, to me, they're in a lose lose situation. Um, you pay the guy thirty five million a year,
0: forty. You know, I don't know. He's looking to get more than Wentz got. That's for sure.
1: Um, that's not happening.
0: You pay him that much. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 he's not worth it. it. It's just a fact. He's just not worth it. He's not a great quarterback. He's a nice quarterback. He's a good cor- quarterback. He's he's solid. Um, you you surround him with a whole lot of talent, and yeah, he can put up some numbers. But we saw it last year. He's not he's nothing special, and you're not going to win a Super Bowl with the guy. At the same time, you let him go, or actually not let him go. You, you franchise him and play games, like you said, with him. Um, he's going to hold out, he's going to get pissed, and then you're going to have a whole other issue on your hands. So really, they they were in a lose-lose situation with that type of quarterback. And, you know, it's, it's a situation that a lot of teams get in. You have a decent quarterback, do you pay him elite money, or do you try to move on and just hope and hope and pray that you can find a quarterback that's as good or better? at a cheaper price. And um, odds are you're probably not right away going to find somebody. You're going to end up taking a step back. And we all know Jerry doesn't want to step back. He's getting old. that's probably not going to be a- around a whole lot longer. This guy wants another Super Bowl. And, um, and really, yeah, the, there's not a lot out there. You mm-hmm. know, unless you're picking top five and you can get a potential – Franchise quarterback, you're you're just like you just going on a wing and a prayer.
1: I feel like, I, sorry. Yep. Yeah. no, you're good. Like I said, I feel like with with Amari with with the Amari Cooper signing, I feel like they really were desperate. They were they didn't want to lose yeah. Amari Cooper. They could have let him go, but they couldn't, and they found a way to pay him max contract. I don't know how, but it just seems like. You're alienate. You're kind of alienating Dak. You know. You're you're not just hurting his feelings. You're alienating what he what he what he's worth in a way too, for signing Amari to a major contract. And then they make this questionable deal bringing back Al- Alton Smith. Alton Smith, whatever his name was, that has that has a. A long history of of issues, off-the-field issues, and has been out of the league since before me and my girlfriend even knew each other in 2015, the last time he played in the NFL, and they signed him to a deal. Like, for for what reason? Like, you know, to me, like I said, the Cowboys are just, they're a mess. They're an absolute mess. You have an overpaid running back. You have an overpaid wide receiver. You have a defense that's... Okay, but they're not—they're not scary, you know. Dak Prescott does need to be paid. He doesn't need to be paid to the level of Carson Wentz, but he does need to get paid. Now you can't pay him. You have basically—he has to play on the franchise tag, and he's not going to because he's going to hold out when when training camp comes around. If training camp does happen on time, so to me, it's—it's a mess right now, and. And I feel like I feel bad for even though you don't feel bad for him because he's a cowboy i do and personally do feel bad for him because you know he he's been so loyal and he's been a leader and he's done and he's and the cowboys have been consistently relevant with him out there they're always in the they're mixed they're not horrible they're always in the mix, so I just feel like for him he's being disrespected, and I feel like you know what I mean. We'll talk about this again on Wednesday, and this will be our last discussion here. But obviously, he should have asked for a trade. Maybe he should have asked for a trade.
0: Well, um, I actually have one other section after this, this real quick one. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the guy, you can say he's been disrespected, but the team has offered him a reasonable contract. You know, maybe they didn't offer him the 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 richest contract in NFL history, but he's not worth that. So, you know, that's what he seems to be trying to get is just to be paid as the the highest paid quarterback of all time and he's not. He's not the top five quarterback. Um, I don't know that he's top ten, to be honest. I could I could name ten quarterbacks off the top of my head that I would probably take over Dak Prescott. And yeah, they did they went out and overpaid big time for Omari Cooper, but They couldn't afford to lose both Cooper and Byron Jones. So they had to pay somebody. And the fact that, um, they couldn't, they couldn't get Dak to sign an extension at a reasonable rate, they had to franchise him, which means that somebody had to get an extension out of those two. And they decided, okay, well, um, we're going to give it to Amari Cooper because, frankly, Dak needs to have a lot of talent around
1: him to be successful. So, you know. Yeah. All right, well, you say you have one more segment. One yeah, more thing One
0: more quick thing for you. I want to um, All right. Well, in see well, what you got and then I'll
1: All right. Well, let me you know. let me stop this cuz we're almost at our limit here on the app here, but and we'll we'll start up another segment here, so